Good morning. Good morning. That's good. That's good there. It is good to see all of you here. Thank you for coming on this Memorial Day weekend and worshiping with us here at Ivy Creek Baptist Church. We are excited that you're here. And as you can tell from that, that was, that was from last year, 2017. In fact, uh, it was one year ago today uh, that we were coming back. We, we uh, were there with uh, uh, the churches and serving there in Kenya. Um, and I preached one of those pictures up there. It was me preaching in a church on the Sunday before what is our Memorial Day. And after that service was over with, we went to the airport in Kisumu and flew to Nairobi. And then we got another flight and then we flew all day. It seemed like forever. It took us till we finally got back on Memorial Day one year ago. And uh, so uh, it, was, it was surprising to me that that much time had passed. It really did not seem like that long, but it's been a year. And uh, this morning, as we have been telling you over the past few weeks, I am very excited to have uh, Pastor Bennard Ondiek with us, who, has, who was in those uh, pictures as well. But he is one who is, uh, uh, that we help and support there in Kenya. And so I'm going to invite him to come up and join me on stage this morning. Would you uh, welcome him to our services today? I, uh, I, in our first service, I, I kind of had a list of questions that I was going to give him, and then I thought I lost my iPad. Between, before this service, I thought, well, I'm just going to ask him a whole different list of questions and see if he's prepared. Uh, but I'm sure that he is. Pastor Bennard, thank you for being here. Thank, thank you for you. coming and joining us in our services here today. Uh, I've had the privilege of being able to, to, you've entertained me in your home. You've had yes. me there along with the, those of us who were on that trip. Right. I've got a chance to meet your family. I've had an opportunity to see uh, some of the, the circumstances around which you minister. Would you, yes. uh, though there are many out here who've never had an opportunity to meet you and don't, mm -hmm. have never been to Africa. They don't right. know a lot of what that, so would you just mind introducing yourself and give a little bit of information about yourself? Good, it's still morning. Good morning, yes. <laughs> I'm so privileged to come here and, um, and uh, visit you. And I want to thank you, Pastor Greg, for giving me this opportunity to uh, be with you today. Um, I want to sincerely take my uh, time to introduce my daughter, Beth, here with me. I am uh, a father, I am a husband, I am a pastor, and um, uh, I love the Lord. Uh, uh, I, I, want to, I want to tell you that um, I am married. I have four biological, five biological children. The oldest is 26 years old called Abraham. Then I have 24 years old called Bertha. And I want to tell you that I baptized her myself. Therefore, I was very happy. And uh, I have 20, 20, 22 years old called Melissa. And I have 20, 19 years called Dorothy. And Paul, seven years old. <laughs> so it's, keep, it's keeping us young. <laughs> and um, I have five, seven, seven fosters uh, children. And, um, um, we, we've, been, we've been loved to, to take care of them, to, f to feed them, to educate them, and um, they have, they've grown, they have, uh, fin some of them have finished high school, and uh, finished university, and um, some of them are still in the high school. Excellent. And it's also, the, the, one of the reasons for him being here in the States, uh, this particular trip, 
It's because Betha just graduated from college earlier from a Columbia Institute, Columbia Bible Institute there in South Carolina. So we need to turn her. Congratulations on that. That's fantastic. You should also know too that that his wife Pamela came with him and they traveled here for that. But shortly after he arrived, maybe just two days. Um, one yes, day. she arrived one week before I came. And, and and then, but your mother. Yeah, my mother died uh, um, five week five weeks ago. Uh, after having come here, so when he yes. goes back home, <clears throat> he has the responsibility of, of of burying his mother. So we want to be in prayer. For him, so it's one of those things where you experience great joys in your family, but also great sorrow as well. Yes, thank you. Uh, many of you know that we also have been praying for Pastor Bennett. As a matter of fact, you'll recall just a few months ago, uh, back at the end of the year and first of this year, we were in prayer for him because the the situation, if you were aware of it on on the national scene, was very uh, very severe in in Kenya through their elections and uh, a lot of unrest and political unrest, and we are grateful. We are grateful for, for the, the, the climate change. He was able to explain that to yes. me a little bit. The night, things have, have, have changed and been there. And, and, and maybe just, just, just share how God had answered some prayers for your safety yes. and, and for your country. Um, frankly speaking, <clears throat> the situation last year in Kenya was very nasty. And um, we've seen many people who are shot dead by the policemen and many people are displaced, and um, it's just because of political uh, um, differences. Uh, after every five years, we go through uh, election, just like United States, I think maybe four years here. But every year of election, we must have something different that we, we, we don't expect. And therefore, last year, after election, uh, it was nullified that there was a lot of uh, um, uh, cheating in it, and uh, it became so bad that when the election was repeated, uh, the opposition party never wanted to go for the election, and people went on rampage, and people went on uh, riots, and, and uh, it became really bad. And something that I didn't share that, it became that the Kenya had two presidents, that uh, the, the president of the Republic of Kenya was inaugurated in December, and the, 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 the president of the people of Kenya was inaugurated in, on the 30th of, of, of January. And it became nasty that Kenya had no rule. The rule of law was not there. So uh, business became very hard. Uh, traveling became very difficult, but we, we thank God. We thank God that later in the month of March, the former uh, uh, Secretary of State, Mr. Tillerson, he came to Kenya and um, met our people and talked to these two gentlemen, the, the His Excellency, President Uru Kenyatta, and uh, His Excellency Raila Odinga. And one day, just in the afternoon, we saw them standing at the, um, in Nairobi, and they were greeting each other and shaking hands, and they addressed the nation by saying that we are very sorry that Kenya has been pluralized and there was no rule of law, and now 
we stand before you telling you that we are bringing you peace and we want Kenya to be united again and, um, and um, uh, the, the, the opposition party talked and everything just turned upside down. The whole entire nation became very cool, like a burden that was released out of somebody. And we are so happy that today Kenya is doing well. And, and what, what I love is to see our president stood before the podium and talk to the pub, public and tell them that, please forgive me. Forgive me for I did not unite you. I spoke very bad words and, and I, I want forgiveness. I repent before you. And that, that, that has given us a, 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 a trust that we are going to change our country for development, for unity, and for whatever happens to make our country better. Mm -hmm. So thank you for also praying for me, because for us, because I shared a lot of prayer requests when that thing was happening. That's right, that's right. And that's why I wanted him to be able to tell you that things had turned out uh, much better in the last few months. And a lot of that, I believe, was due to the prayer and yes. God working in your right. country. Mm -hmm. um, one other thing that you may have seen there, Pastor Bennett has started the seminary uh, to train pastors, missionaries. I was privileged to be able to speak and to teach in that seminary while I was over there. Uh, last year. He's also planted many churches throughout Kenya and pastored those churches. Uh, but really, the thing that, that, that is interesting to me, one of the churches that you, you planted yes. was in his very hometown village, a very small village called Wachara. And uh, in fact, I believe the, the church was planted on land that your family owned. Yes. And when we were there, we were able to meet the pastor of that church. His name is Pastor John. And I wondered if you would just share, we, we have an opportunity to, to, to contribute to, to help Pastor John there regularly through our church here. But I wondered if you would just share a little bit about that church and Pastor John and, and how we were able to, to support him. That, that is really amazing because I was born in Wachara village in the western part of Kenya. And I grew up there as a young man. My father and my mother... Um, my father, my mother had a little bit of an end of Christianity, but my father was not very sure. And therefore, I grew up in this situation and, um, until I finished my high school. If you read the Benas Vision book, it's, it's part of my history. If you, if, because I'm, this is a little time I'm talking. If you get that book and you read it, it will help you understand who I am. Then uh, uh, after finishing my high school, after struggling a lot, walking 40 kilometers to come, to, to go to school and come back, um, I, I was then, uh, I, I, I then left that village and went to another village, another town in another village where I, I, I was invited by a young man who was called Levi to uh, introduced me to the church and I, I rejected that. I, I did not want. The reason is that he used to play guitar. I didn't, I didn't like guitar. So, and uh, he, he, he called me again and again and again to go with him to church and I didn't want to go. But one day he insisted and I said, I will just make this man happy. I will just go with him. It's bothered me enough. So I walked with him to, uh, to the youth rally. It was a youth rally. And um, uh, I, I got in there, 
And there were many youths who were there, and I got into the church, and I sat at the back, and the, the pastor stood up to preach, and preached from the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 18. It was, it was a, a verse that I've, I, I've never read, and, and it talked about, uh, forgive you, I was hopeless man, but God really helped me that day, and I... I, 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 I confessed my sins and I, I got saved that day and the pastor laid his hand on me. I went back to my village with the pastor and I started to witness to my mom and my daddy and they believed in the name of Jesus Christ. And because this village had no evangelical church, therefore later we started to work hard how we could plant a church there. And um, my father one day just told me that, my son, I want to give you this piece of land and I want you to build the church here. So we built a church and we started to worship there. My mom, my dad, my wife, and these little ch children, they were little by that, that time, and many people started to come. Right now we have Pastor John Akuno, who is really building the church by evangelizing people and visiting the sick and bringing people to the church. He was walking about for 20 kilometers to the church from his home. He didn't have any bicycle or any motorbike, but when the team from here and Pastor Greg came and they shared with him and I shared with them about all this, and they bought him a, a motorbike that now he can just move like a flashlight <laughs> and do the work of the Lord. I tell you, that gentleman is a very happy man. When he gets into his motorbike, you see the joy of a pastor. And therefore, I want to thank you for that was going on, that, that, that happened. And, um, I'm, I'm so pleased for that. Excellent. So pleased. Excellent. Um, churches, family, seminary, a lot of things there, but I want to I talk to you, uh, get you to just explain to our, our congregation something that you're very passionate about. And you can tell from the, the video uh, all the pictures of the children that were there. And so I would like it if you would just explain a little bit. And there, there's two of those schools, Bennard's Vision Schools there, one in your home village of yes. Wachara, one mm -hmm. in, in the town of Ahero. Right. Could you just explain how that vision came to be and, and sort of what's taking place with those schools? In the early 90s is the year that many of our young people were struck by the HIV and AIDS. And let me tell you, when this disease started to kill our people, they believed it was a curse that it was not a disease. And therefore, people kept on dying, leaving children orphaned. As a pastor, I buried people almost every weekend, six, five, ten people, husband and a wife, wife, husband. And we have, we have saw children remained were lived hopeless in their lives. 
the oldest would feed the youngest. And this is real. It happened. And my, my wife and I went for these burials. And one day we saw you, some young children left without a father or a mother crying after the burial. People are just living, praying for them. As usual, we are going to pray for you. Those are the normal words people use. But Pamela came closer to me and asked me, what should we do to help? My heart was only to preach the gospel and go. Bury them and leave them there. But Pamela came and said, what can we do to help? One day we started bringing food to them, go to the street and see how after the life has become very hectic and very complicated to them, they flock into the street. If you came to Kisumu, my city, at those times, you, you stop your car and about 15 of them rounds you up. They beg. Some people throw their hands away. Some people slap them. They sleep on the coals. Police arrest them and beat them. Therefore, we say we'll visit them. We'll take them food. We'll, we'll go to the people and ask them for clothes. We went to the street and washed their wounds. Some of them we brought at our home and we fed them. But later we realized that this cannot help. In 2000, I left to come to United States after we've started a ministry called Friends of Christ. And uh, 2004, I went back. Pamela, we've started with five children. And we went with some ladies and gentlemen from Columbia International University. We, we decided with Pamela that we want to start a school because we wanted to change completely the poverty circle, but we could not change it by feeding them and only clothing them. So we decided that the only thing that would do that was only to educate them. So we started to educate them so we could bring them into school. We feed them in the morning and lunch and supper and then they go back to their guardian homes. So we started giving them homes to people. We didn't have, we didn't have a lot to do, but only very little to do. Let me tell you, my friends, the joy of helping an orphan is a great joy that I've never seen. The joy of educating an orphan to be somebody it's a great joy. Therefore, we started this school, Benas Vision School in, in Ahero. And it went to number five to number 15. Number 15 to number 60. And then 60 to 120. Until to, today, we have 415 in Ahero. We are feeding, clothing, and educating. Then. I say that we cannot 
I cannot let my village go without being helped. I went back 100 and 180 kilometers to my home village in the village. And we started this ministry thinking that it will be very little. Today, let me tell you, people bring us orphans from very far. And we feed them, we clothe them, and we educate them. But not only that, our aim and our purpose is not only to clothe them and feed them and give them knowledge, but our aim is to give them the Lord Jesus Christ, to witness to them and tell them that Jesus is the Savior of the world. If you come to our, our, our ministry, you, see, you hear them sing only Christian songs. Only Christian songs. And we have a chaplain witnessing to them. Many of them go to high school when they are already saved. And that is our joy. Our passion is to fish them out of sin and give them Jesus when they are still young. And they will not change again. Amen. We change lives there. Amen. Um, I know you have shared at earlier times with me that one of the greatest challenges that you experience is, is in the food and yes. being able to feed them and, and being able to, to, to not only feed them but to, to come up with the money to be able to buy the food that you need. And, mm -hmm. and somewhere back around the end of last year, one of, our, the, one of the team that was on the, the, the trip with me got in touch with you. And, and at that point, you shared a vision that you had with her about how you could create some kind of sustainability yes. with, uh, particularly with, with chickens. Yes. Could you just give us a little bit of brief rundown of what that, what that project was? Thank you very much. That, that is the, the most simplest project I've realized is productive. Because if you have the money and you have the chicken coop and you bring, bring the chicken, and you bring the feed, chicken feeds, within a short time, the production becomes reality. For example, if we have chicken coop and we bring 500 birds and we feed them for six weeks or seven weeks, the ninth week or the tenth week, they start to lay eggs. And when they start to lay eggs, it is so simple. You collect, you put them, you sell them, and you give them food to eat. And when you sell them, after that, we buy chicken feeds, and the rest of the money we can put on food or electricity bill, or maybe pay one teacher's salary. Therefore, this is what is about the sustainability that we are talking about. That when we are still praying for the Lord to provide something somewhere, we have something right here to put our hands on and say, we are going to solve this problem now. Chicken, when it produces well, it can sustain a little bit of the project that we have right now. And that's why we were looking for 500 birds of chicken and also build the chicken coop 
And our prayer is that God, you provide. What was interesting is that he shared that with, with one of ours that went on the, 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 the trip, Kim Maynard, and then I think uh, Kim Tuning even got information about it. And then we had the missions drive that we had for the auction for all the cakes and things that we did here. And, and that was one of the, the things that we wanted to raise money for. And then it kind of, people started talking about it even further. And, uh, and I believe that you said that, that the cost of that, you believe by the, to be able to build it right and to do it was going to be, and buy the birds and the feeds, to get the project off the ground was going to be around $14,500. Well, we want you to know that on behalf of Ivy Creek Baptist Church, we are going to have you all of the money that you need to get that started, and we are going to send it to you so that you've got it to begin this project. Thank you. Thank you, Chad. May God bless you and keep you. Thank you so much. I mentioned this earlier. A year ago, I stood in a pulpit in, in a church in Kasumu, Florida, in Kasumu, uh, Kenya, and um, and I flew back to the states on the next day. And you are flying back tomorrow yes. to Kenya. So yes. it's really interesting how this the Lord has 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 created this uh, appointment. And so uh, what you need to understand is is that. There are brothers and sisters that you and I have, many of whom we've never met, who live in, in Kenya because they are Christians. And, and we will spend an eternity with them. And, and this, this is my brother in Christ. And we will, we will spend an eternity together. And because he is my brother in Christ, and because you, if you've been saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, he is your brother, what on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ would you take just a few moments to share with your brothers and sisters this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor Craig. I want to sincerely tell you that the joy of being a Christian, you realize it here on earth before we go to heaven. One day we will be in heaven and the reality will be seen. But I want to remind you of one thing. That if in any case the reality is destroyed or the reality is altered, I don't think that there's anything to believe on. When the reality is destroyed, is altered, in our Christian life, I don't believe there's anything at all to believe on. Therefore, I want to remind you of some absolute realities that I know you know, but I just want to remind you briefly. Number one absolute reality that can never be altered and all as Christians is that our God is existing and he is the creator of the heavens and the earth. That is the reality and it is absolute. Nothing you can destroy about it. Nothing you can alter about it. The book of Genesis says that God created the heavens and the earth. 
And whoever says it's not existing, whoever says it's not the creator, is destroying the reality and he believes nothing. And we as Christians, we should not alter the reality by any means. Number two, reality. That if you try to alter it and bring any other thing, the belief is nothing and has no value. Is that Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. He is not only the Son of God, but the Savior of the world. And that is the reality. We don't have any other Savior. We don't have any other Son of God. We have Jesus. The Bible talks about it, and the Bible is absolute. And therefore, the truth is absolute. And the reality is, Jesus is the Savior. God himself said that this is the son, my son, in whom I am pleased of. Amen. That is the real. Nothing we can do about them. Nothing we can alter about it. What we have to believe it is to come to him and accept him. Number three reality is that faith is our victory. Faith is our victory. We can be professional. We can be skilled. We can be engineers. But that ends here as we do the work here. But what takes us up to see God one day? The reality is believe by faith that Jesus is Lord and confess by your mouth and then you are saved, and you, by faith, one day you will sit in the right hand of God the Father Almighty, where Jesus' his Son is. That is the reality. That faith is our victory. We go see God by faith. We do the ministry here on earth by faith. We are healed by faith. We live by faith. It is our victory. That is real. And if you alter it, there's nothing you can believe on. The, re the next reality, the fourth reality is that God says, I am the father to the fatherless and the defender of the widows. That is real. God himself said in the book of Psalms 68, verse 5 and 6, I am the father to the fatherless. I'm the defender of the widows. And you know what God wants us to do? If he is, the reality is we must. If he is the defender of the fatherless, and if he's the, fa the father of the fatherless and the defender of the widows. We have to do what he does. We have to believe what he has said. That is the reality. The last reality that I believe on 
that makes us to be the servants of the Lord is go here and make disciples of all nations. There's no way they will know if the reality is fulfilled. The absolute reality is people know when we go. People believe when they are told. Men and women of God. Ivy Creek Church, do not alter the reality. Remain steady a lot on the reality. May God of heaven, the father of all people in the world, king of kings, bless you, your wives, your children, your husbands, and your grandchildren forever and ever as we keep on remaining in the reality until we meet up in heaven. God bless you. Amen. Love you all. <clears throat> I can't tell you how glad I am that you were able to come and to, uh, to speak to my church and to uh, my, my church family and how exciting that is for me. <clears throat> I, I want to close this morning just by, just by reminding you of this weekend. You know this Memorial Day weekend. Tomorrow is Memorial Day. As a matter of fact, in our country, that, that day was originally known as Decoration Day. It was a day in which folks went out and decorated the, the tombstones and the graves of those who had given their lives in service of our country through the United States Armed Forces. And it's in my opinion that Memorial Day is a good day for Americans. I think it's a good day for us because it ought to be a day that stops us and causes us to do a little introspection and appreciation. Not just to live in revelry and with unrestrained uh, activities, which sometimes tends to, tends to, to, to accompany uh, a day like Memorial Day, but actually to stop and to consider the fact that the, the privileges, the blessings, the benefits that we have in this country came by virtue of the fact that there were many who laid down their lives and paid the ultimate sacrifice in order that we might be able to experience those freedoms and those blessings in this country. I think Memorial Day is a good day for this country in particular to stop and to be reminded that our freedom rests on the ultimate sacrifice paid by someone else. But let me also say this. If you're a Christian, if your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, whether you're from Kenya or Korea or Jamaica or Georgia, here's something you ought to know. Every day should be Memorial Day for us. Every day should be a Memorial Day. Because every day we ought to stop and consider that the blessings and the benefits that we have of one day being able to stand in front of our Creator who loved us and gave Jesus Christ for us only comes because Jesus Christ came and died in our place. He lived a perfect, sinless, holy life that you and I could never live. 
And then he came. He fully satisfied God's demand for righteousness. And then he fully satisfied God's demand for justice by dying on the cross and dying a death that you and I should have died. He took our place. And because he not only died but rose again, the Bible tells us that through his death and his resurrection, we have been given the freedom to believe in him and to be given life everlasting. And so if that is your testimony, if you're a Christian, I want you to know that Memorial Day ought not to just simply be a day that we think about the freedoms that we have in this country, though yes, we ought to thank and remember those that have given their all, but it ought to propel us even further to consider the fact that the freedoms that we have been given because the Bible tells us that Christ said, for freedom I have come that you have been set to be set free. We've been freed from the power of sin. We've been freed from the power of guilt. We've been freed from the penalty of hell. And we have been freed to live a life that God has created us to live. And so this weekend, this day, and quite frankly, every day, I would encourage you, let it be a memorial day, that you reflect back on the sacrifice that Jesus paid for your sins. Maybe you're here this morning and that's not your testimony. Maybe you're here today and you think, well, I, I've never trusted in Christ. I want you to know that there's not a better way for you to celebrate your Sunday than to changing that right now. The Bible says if you will confess your sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. In just a moment, our instrumentalists are going to come and they're going to play and Will's going to come and lead us in a hymn of invitation. And as he does, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to that simple invitation. Will you trust in Jesus? Will you allow him to be Savior and Lord of your life? Pastor Bender has already said Jesus is the only Savior. There's not another way. There is no other way under heaven by which man may be saved other than the name of Jesus Christ. That's it. And he offers you salvation this morning. Maybe you're here today and you recognize that you've been saved, but you also recognize that you're not living in the freedom that he's created you for. You're still kind of being gripped by, by sin and, and there's some besetting things that you can't seem to shake. I want you to know, Christ came to set you free from that. This is an opportunity for this morning to just to come and spend some time in prayer in this altar. Maybe you'd like to have one of the pastors to pray for you, Pastor Dave, Pastor Ted, myself. We'll be up front. We'll be glad to do so. However the Spirit of God is moving in your life, I invite you to come. Let's pray together.